Welcome to the Neville on Fire podcast. Neville Goddard was a 20th century spiritual teacher who offered a profound message. Your creative imagination is the very source of reality. As we learn to use it properly, life becomes intelligible and rewarding. Join your host, Ed, to explore our most valuable asset, the human imagination. In this episode, come with me outside for a walk. This is episode 23, How to Maintain an Assumption. Assumptions are important because they harden into fact. That's the advice we get from Neville. Assumptions can be held more or less consciously or just unconsciously somewhere in the background of the mind. Observing closely, moment by moment, at different parts of the day, we can find that certain assumptions are operating against us, certain self-concepts, and so on. This is why I was talking about exercising vigilance over thoughts, emotions, and whatever is occurring sort of as an undercurrent in your thinking. And this is the sort of thing that doesn't come to light easily. But let's take that phenomenon and turn it to our advantage by trying to cultivate an assumption It's not necessarily uh, dwelt on in a deliberate way with the exact words being pronounced, but it's simply residing in the background of the mind. So then the challenge becomes, how do we create a feeling tone that is beneficial, that is aligned with our objective, and maintain that? First of all, an underlying assumption that is beneficial is going to be the result of doing affirmations. It's going to be the result of doing a a meditation session or an exercise to deliberately affirm one thing or another. The assumption kind of lingers as a residual effect. Then the difficulty becomes, there's so many things that we're trying to affirm and to manifest, to bring into our daily lives on different scales, could be on a personal scale or on a much larger societal scale, So then you've got the difficulty of maintaining these various assumptions in your mind um, all at the same time. But let's stay on the topic of trying to manifest one specific thing, trying to maintain an assumption that is connected with one specific objective or, or aim. Neville gives the advice that every desire of man is associated with one specific vibration, feeling. And for that reason, if you have an important immediate goal, you may wish to just focus on one thing at a time and to call that feeling to mind in a very intense way. And then you know that it represents the feeling of the wish fulfilled and it's the one aim that you have in mind. You know exactly what you're after. It fills your mind with this unmistakable atmosphere. Then we have the difficulty of having several goals, several aims that are concurrent. And the difficulty is they could be of different scales, different types, something immediate, something on a personal level, or something much broader on a societal scale. And yet these things are all occurring and important simultaneously. You want to think of them sort of all at once. Well, how is it that several affirmations that we want to include in one phrase could possibly be understood clearly? What's the solution to that? 
There is a solution that comes to mind. The advice of Robert A. Russell, author that I quoted before, um, he takes a biblical reference saying, let this mind be in you. So I'll give you the full quote. Now here's the biblical quote that Russell gives. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Now, just by chance, it seems, Neville gives exactly the same advice. This is how he sets it up. He says that what we take ourselves to be subconsciously is displayed on the outside. So that's the curious thing. When people look at us, they can see what we can't see. They can see how we subconsciously think about ourselves. That's why we say, oh, that person is an open book. You can tell how their psychology is operating. They have a, a, a lovely charisma about them because that is the subconscious assumption that they're holding about themselves. So if that is the case, then Neville advises, simply say to yourself, I am Christ. Here's the quote from Neville. It's from Prayer, the Art of Believing, Chapter 7. Our subconscious assumptions continually externalize themselves that others may consciously see us as we subconsciously see ourselves and tell us by their actions what we have subconsciously assumed of ourselves to be. Therefore, let us assume the feeling, I am Christ. Now that assumption deliberately pronounced to oneself is going to have different effects depending on your background, on your associations. Let's say you are sufficiently freed up in yourself to allow the idea that I am Christ. So you're not under the stricture that says I could not possibly blaspheme in that way. No, you're taking a more progressive view that Christ is the expression in a form of a character of the human imagination. The very creative principle itself. So if you say, I am Christ, then according to Neville's instruction, this should encapsulate a whole series of qualities and characteristics that are all bound up in one central assumption. And that means necessarily that all of the various goals that you have, whether on a personal scale or on a broader social scale, are bound up and included in that one underlying assumption. You're wishing the ultimate good for yourself, for everyone, by simply encapsulating the whole idea in that one simple phrase, I am Christ. But if those specific words, if they don't suit your individual ideas about religion, then you simply replace those words with something that has an equal magnitude, equal grace, power, something like, I am the creative source, I am the universe, something like that. Perhaps something more inventive that would be more emotionally charged and less uh, of a cliché. So now we've addressed the idea of a feeling tone, an underlying assumption that is residing in the background of the mind in the sense of the lingering effect of a deliberate exercise in affirmation, especially for a single purpose, a single aim, and in the sense of multiple aims all subsumed within one grand assumption. I am Christ. I am the creative power. I am the universe. 
Now the thing about the subconscious mind is that having gone through this exercise deliberately to include various details in your thinking, the subconscious will not quibble. It will understand that that's exactly what you intend. And for that reason, this sort of assumption can be maintained by thinking of a visual symbol. Either one that is pre-existing or one that you create yourself. Now the great benefit of maintaining an assumption by following these various instructions is that there's no downside. There's no possible detriment to holding an assumption that is really worthwhile, noble, something beneficial, and in training that within the mind to make that the backdrop, the foundation of your thinking without necessarily being pronounced in literal words. That's simply an improvement of your level of being. And now you have something to draw upon. When you are faced with situations that are unacceptable, then you call to mind your assumption, your feeling tone in the subsuming phrase. This is a technique that you can draw upon at odd moments when it's difficult sometimes to think about what should I be thinking about? What should I be trying to imagine and assume at this specific moment? Let's say when you're just waking up or when you catch yourself at odd moments during the day or when you're so busy and distracted with various things that you can't seem to collect your thoughts very well. Well, you've got this shorthand, this feeling tone that you simply switch on like a light switch. And if you've worked on it sufficiently, if you have deliberately infused it with all the various elements of the assumption, its feeling, its content, its significance, its magnitude, in the symbol, in the phrase that you're using, then it's enough just to draw upon that phrase, just to draw upon that symbol, call it to mind, and immediately your subconscious will understand Something that is uncomplicated and direct and straightforward is the most effective. Certain disciplines of the mind that we discussed in episode 5 are especially pertinent here. How about thankfulness, gratitude? And so it really would repay us to study what this feeling of gratitude is all about. It's not pronouncing the words, it's entering into the deep feeling of gratitude. Another discipline of mind that can be used in conjunction with this assumption is the one of Judas. You remember the way Neville interprets that. It's a positive thing. It has to do with dying to the old aspects of oneself, to throw off the old man. Well, after you leave off speaking the affirmation and you try to lay down as a foundation in the mind the assumption in an unspoken way as a, as a backdrop. It all seems a little bit vague, but then all of the techniques that we're discussing, all of the different ways that we discussed in the last episode, they're all ways to sort of go around, circumnambulate, in a sense, the essential goal. You can't approach the essential goal directly because it's, <laughs> it's not rational. It's uh, something kind of mysterious. All we can do is kind of go around it and try to come near to it in different ways. But as Nichols says, once you are in the moment when you are illumined by a specific idea directly, 
then you understand that idea and you understand other things that you simply won't see once you are outside of that direct illumination. And that's why ideas are likened to birds. They may visit the mind. Different types will come and grace the mind for a time and then move away again. If you think back to what was called the Golden Age, there are some references in different different authors um, talking about the way mankind used to be. Back in a mythical Golden Age, human society, the, the mind of man functioned in a way more proper to its intended form. In other words, self-remembering, self-consciousness is the normal state of man, something that people used to do just quite naturally. They didn't have to learn it. Somehow we forgot it, and we have to recapture it. So in learning how to draw in and live by unspoken assumptions that reside in the background of the mind, then perhaps we're moving closer to this golden age, a way of being that is more proper to man than what we've become. Now with regard to the external world and everything going on in the world of Caesar, can you say that we are necessarily going through a time that is qualitatively worse than previous times in history? I don't think so. I think just the forms have changed. I read an article where there was extraordinary despair expressed at all the various forms of evil that seem to be expressing on, on all sides in different facets of life. And yet, I think there are many times, <laughs> just pick up any book of history, when you would not have wanted to be in those circumstances that were murderous. So again, it's just the, the forms of the insanity that make it seem novel with advances in technology. And, and therefore, we're going through something extraordinarily unique. But Nicholas is careful to point out, and he did, he pointed this out to his friend, Kenneth Walker, that humanity simply goes around in circles in the sense that they, the level of being does not change. It's, it's the same lessons having to be learned over and over again. Well, these so-called advances in technology also happened in the past, according to a lot of evidence, to the point where we can't replicate today what's observed in megalithic sites. So as we go along in this podcast series, maybe one way to think about it is to, to say that we set out a certain number of techniques and methods and concepts that only maybe 10% of those will be used. The ones that you do remember and use individually are going to be different from the ones that someone else will remember and use. It's all a matter of individual experimentation and discovery. But the common thread that should be connecting all of our efforts is an increasing refinement and subtle quality to your practice and your understanding. So I'm hoping that in today's episode, in considering how to make an assumption permanent and effective, that you found these suggestions useful. Thank you for listening. Remember to check the show notes and subscribe to the Neville on Fire podcast. 